You are listening to Eddie's Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers and schools. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, welcome back to the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, teachers, schools. Thank you for joining us today. Hello to all you children who listen. I know there are children who listen to this, so welcome to you all. Now, this is a Family Matters episode, so that only means one thing. We've got Sue Atkins with us. Welcome to the show, Sue. Hello. Thank you for joining us all. Today, I want us to talk about conflict resolutions. Now, if you don't know what that is, listener, I know the teachers who are listening will know what that is. But for parents who don't know, it's discovering a, a solution to a disagreement, but done in an appropriate way. That's the thing. It's, it's all very well that we say things like, um, I'll say sorry. And, and the child might say, sorry, but they don't really mean it. That's not a resolution, a proper resolution. And, and of course, some people, and it may be you parents who are listening, maybe you've heard yourself say this, um, well, if they punch you, punch them back. Well, that's not a, a suitable resolution to a conflict as well. So we thought that we'll get our wonderful family advisor onto the show to tell us all about it. So, Sue, what? can you offer in the way of advice to our parents today regarding conflict resolution? Gosh, there's a big question, isn't it? I was busy writing some ideas down, really, and I can write some down and you can share them out a bit later. I think it's about creating the atmosphere in your home. I think it's the key energy is respect. So if your children show respect to each other because you model it because it comes from you everything trickles down from you how you respect each other as a couple as a mum and a dad because that that cascades down you nip it in the bud very early if an older child is sort of being unkind or being you know bullying the younger child or undermining them or laughing at them you have to nip that straight in the bud and talk and teach them about being kind to each other we are a team you know in my family we're team atkins you whatever your surname is you know we are a team let's work together of course families fight and fall out that's the nature of we can't all be the Brady bunch I don't know if you remember that (laughs) some of the older mums might do uh, and dads but um, it's certainly not about conflict and, and you know letting things get out of hand you have to have the team you have to have this idea we're in this together you have to say things like let's think about what we can do about this another thing I talk about is what we call family talk time where you sit around the table we used to do it every so often maybe once a month and we used to have these sheep salt and pepper pots because we lived in a farmy kind of environment I had that theme going on so who 
whoever was holding the, you know, the salt of the sheep uh, could talk. And I said, look, we've got a problem. Remember this one. We've got a problem. Uh, you're just dumping stuff on the floor. It's not getting into the wash basket. And then I'm having to go up and get it and bring it down. Now, you know, from the age of about, you know, seven or eight, they can start helping, at least putting it into the wash basket and perhaps bringing it down, you know. And you can show the elderly uh, teenagers how to work that washing machine. <laughs> they know certainly how to do technology. But I remember having, I was getting really cross, you know, and I said, look, let's have a family talk time. And they were quite young and we all sit round, you know, and I said, well, what are we going to do about it? And it was so interesting because my son then, he was about, I think, about 11 or something. He came up with a couple of ideas, which means he owns it, which means he'll probably, you know, help me with it. Then my daughter was nine. She held the salt, pepper and thing. And she said what she thought might be more helpful this week to kind of take down that, you know, that conflict that was driving me mad. And it was such a simple thing. So I call it family talk time. You sit around, you create the atmosphere, you know, of listening to each other, but bringing the kids involved in the the problem. There's a bit of conflict around, I don't know what, you know, he keeps coming into my room, nicking my t-shirt. So then you say, well, what can we do about that? How can we resolve that? So it feels fair. Can you share it? Or could you ask? Or could you put it back when you're finished with it and you've washed it? You know, all of these things kids can get involved in. And I think if you're kind and you talk about fairness, you talk about respect and you listen properly, to each other often we're so busy kind of busy rushing around we never really listen to what the complaints are and I think we then sometimes just come in and rush in to rescue if you can get your kids involved in trying to find the solution together or with themselves you just say well, what do you think we can do about this and wait don't rush because kids will often come up with something that might be, well be a, an idea you hadn't thought of that would take down the pressure and the conflict from them. And I think you've got to be consistent about that. And I think also you've got to catch them doing things right. So many parents get caught up in not tripping them up, but constantly looking for what they get wrong. And kids do get things wrong and they make mistakes and they deliberately do stuff that they shouldn't. So when they do something that is good or kind or fair or, you know, helpful, thank them, praise them, create that atmosphere in your house around listening to each other and being respectful another one you can actually do is create a jar depending on how old the kids are decorate it with glitter and ribbon and all that stuff and put problem solving jar and write some ideas about what you know some bits and pieces that come up quite often and then when you've got a problem you can pull one out and have a little look at it it's not the ideal thing for every situation but it certainly gets kids thinking about how we can resolve some of the conflict because living together in a community of a family is tricky sometimes so we have to kind of model it ourselves as well how we speak to the children is important how the children speak to you how the children speak to each other how they speak to grandma strangers dad you know all of these teachers it's all important that we guide them we nurture them and we show them how to take down a situation without just punching somebody. I have a, a thing on my website. It's a blog called uh, The Pause Button. And it's an imaginary kind of like a button on a remote control for your telly. And you just press it and everything freeze frames. It pauses in that split second. Then you take a physical step back. And in that small moment of time, then you can think, 
what do I need to say that will help sort this situation out and not escalate it? So the pause button technique is a very popular one uh, that I'll share with you. Mm. I'll write it down to remember to send to you because it works wonders. It just gives you that detachment for a few minutes. The other thing to think about is you're tired. If you're tired and exhausted and what I call running on empty, you need to look at that long term because you're not as patient. No one is. I'm not. So that's when you have to think, right, what do I need? When I used to be a deputy head and class teacher for over 22 years, I had two young children. I'd come from meetings. They'd had a full day. I'd had a full day and we'd come home. Sometimes I would let them watch the telly at that time where I had a cup of tea and I would have a 10 or 15 minutes kind of catch up in terms of my energy, not necessarily eating a biscuit. Depends what you like to do. If you've got a few minutes to catch up reading the paper or something like that, it's called me time because then you're not running on empty. You've replenished whatever it is you need to do after a busy day. And then you're ready to start this, you know, the whole caboodle of giving them their tea, bathing them, reading the story, etc. Because that's when kids can get fractious too, when they're hungry. Notice their triggers, write it down. I noticed my own daughter, and she's 28 now, she never used to like breakfast particularly, used to worry me about that, but I used to stick a banana in her bag so she had it for break time or something. But even to this day, if she, I notice if she's hungry, she starts to get a bit grumpy and a bit confrontational. So I nip it in the bud, I notice it, and I make sure she's got something to eat if she's over, if we're out and about doing something. Of course, she doesn't live with me anymore. But what I'm saying is notice the triggers to what your two, you know, your kids are doing. Also, a lot of it is because they're not, they're vying for your attention. So sometimes we are very busy and we don't notice that we don't really spend quality time with each of our children now I know it's a busy world but you know we are a family and we love our kids and they spell love t-i-m-e so give them a bit of your time that takes down the levels of conflict they don't have so much sibling rivalry when they have your time on their own and when they are playing and doing stuff together as I reiterate go and say well done it's so lovely to see you playing nicely or being kind to each other or helping each other that reinforces the behavior you want to see more of and also is good in passing on your values I love the idea of the pause button. Wouldn't it be real great, parents? Wouldn't it be great if there was that was in real life? You could just press the pause button and everything would stop. I remember when I was a child, they said, I'm, I'm, I'm going back many, many years. There was a program on called The Magic Boomerang from Australia. And it was a, if a child, when a child had this magic boomerang that he had got, and whenever it was in the air, time froze still. And as a very young boy, and I lived on a farm as well, as a young boy, I used to watch that program and I used to think to myself, wouldn't it be great to be able to stop time because this little boy could stop a bank robbery or whatever by throwing <laughs> his magic boomerang into yeah. the air. But but what that whole thing about just pausing for a little while yeah. Is, yeah. A, is a wonderful thing that perhaps – Perhaps we should we should do that more and, and we need to to get that onto our website for our parents, Sue, because that, that sounds like an excellent idea. What I also noticed when I was working with my clients one-to-one and when I do my webinars and talk to people and give talks is that I introduce the idea of stepping back physically because in that split second of press your pause button and then take a step back, it's almost like what we call in something called NLP. It's an anchor. You remember it better. And that gives you that little bit of space just to think, 
right, what am I going to say here? Is it going to, you know, make it worse or is it going to make it better? Am I going to give them some instructions or whatever you want to do? But yes, the pause button is a great thing. Now, one of the things that and I'm sure this happens in a lot of schools where teachers have to wade in, I'm not just talking about primaries, I'm talking about secondaries as well now, where we have to wade in is because uh, two children are, are having a fight. And yeah. more often than not, when teachers question them, it's because, not always, not always, but sometimes it's because a parent or a, a family member has said to the person, well, if he hits you, or she hits you, hit them back. And then, of course, you've got a fight on your hands. And and that's not helpful, is it? It's about different values, of course, because usually in schools, we don't advocate that because otherwise we'd all be kicking two bells out of each other, wouldn't we? And that's only the start. Um, you know, so that's not the way long term to solve problems. You've got to use your words. You've got to think about different ways to handle conflict because the world is full of conflict. And unfortunately, social media, etc., exacerbates our differences instead of looking for our similarities. But over time, you keep dripping in different ways to handle conflict with kids and they hopefully will learn better ways to do it rather than just kicking or punching or tripping somebody up. You know, it is a difficult one. Children have to be mature. It's called self regulation and it's tricky but we can talk and we can teach them over time to become more self-aware about how they handle it you know the walking away from certain situations if they can feel that they're escalating this is not a, a climb down because a lot of boys in particular as well feel well I'm not having that you know I'm, mm. I've got to assert myself mm. it's not about weakness it shows strength mm. of character so we need to talk and teach children about that and there are books in the Sue Atkins book club as well around talking about how to handle that kind of thing so if you're interested in that go and have a look at some of those books because I always think a story is not so confrontational no. either when you're reading with your child passing on good values around certain things then it can start conversations I love a book to open up a good question and then you can chat with your kid and you're all relaxed it's probably at bedtime if they're young and then you can pass on better ways to do things and it's not a hard sell it's not a lecture kindness and respect this is something that is so difficult and to agree to disagree amicably I watch uh, I listen to the rest is politics actually because there are two guys there Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart disagreeing in some areas but doing it with dignity mm. and respect of the mm. other person that's what we've lost and we must try and get back to teaching children about that because there is a famous one I don't know who said it probably Gandhi an eye for an eye then the whole world will become blind. If keep on going like mm. that, then everyone ends up in, in yeah. trauma, don't they? So, yeah. you know, I will send you over a few tips perhaps Brilliant. to help think of alternatives rather than just say, you know, hit him back or hit her. Let's face it, it's not all boys, is it? No, no, it's not. No, no, far from it. It's, uh, it. Uh, I've worked in with young people of all ages, teenagers particularly, and I've and I've had to do it in youth clubs and and uh, tried to sort out a mess that's happened on the on the bus home 
from school. Yeah. It, it happens. Yeah. Um, so think if you're a child listening to this, a child or a young person listening to this, think, at, you know, if you start going to violence, it's only going to go bad for you. Um, and I of think, course, you know, the, the, the other thing I was going to say, actually, if you help your child name the emotion and talk about their feelings, then that helps get it out. And then they feel better mm. that it's out. I feel angry that you did that. I feel frustrated that you did that. I feel, you know, furious with you uh, because that then names the emotion that then helps your child process it for themselves so mm. we'll look at that you mm. know, over time mm. Mm. the 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 other thing that uh, that mrs waters wanted us to talk about is the is this this whole thing about when a child says sorry but doesn't actually mean it now it, now parents you must have this that uh, you say come on now say sorry to whoever it is say sorry and they go sorry but they don't really mean it um because that doesn't end the situation doesn't end the conflict at all does it saying sorry no i mean that that is a common one, isn't it? Saying sorry that's not sincere, because I feel, in fact, that's just not even worth it. And if you let that go, then what's the message your child is getting from that? Oh, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, I can say what I like, do what I like. I'll just say, oh, sorry. Mm. And I don't want to get too political, but that's a little bit like Boris Johnson. <laughs> um, you know, and that's what yeah. bothers me is that there was a man, at the, you know, leading the country, if you like, not modelling trust, integrity, dignity mm. and, and a meaningful sorry. And there are lists of things that you sort of can do to make a sorry feel sincere. But also by talking and teaching your child, what do you think that felt like? And try and get them with empathy mm. to go mm. into the shoes and socks of the other mm. person mm. and take time for that. That's the thing. Everyone seems to be busy, but these things are really important. Mm. So just give them five minutes or something to make sure that the sorry that does come is a genuine one. Or think of what could you do to show you are sorry. That would be very helpful because just words mean nothing and they go off and do it again tomorrow. Mm. And and we're talking about relationships and relationships like this can also stretch out to uh, adults, you know, other parents in the playground. When we pick our, our kids up from school, there might be something left over from maybe your street or maybe from your other members of the family or whatever. And you go to pick a kid up and before you know where we've seen this at Dogs or Pinfants, where there have been conflicts between adults taking taking place at the school gate and the children are witnessing it. And that's not good either, is it? Because what are they learning? We are role models in mm. everything, in what we say, what we don't say, whether we're a bystander, whether we're aggressive. You know, they are learning from us. And yeah. so they will go out into the world and shout and kick and punch. And let's face it, they will grow up. If that is their sort of uh, deferred way of dealing with conflict, they'll grow up to be adults and dads and mums and that's why you've got physical violence and they'll grow up with hitting and they'll see that domestic violence as normal and so it starts where you think it doesn't start just there in the playground or in the classroom mm. or in the home this is where things begin and end and they learn and they learn better ways to deal with their anger or their conflict Oh, Sue, thank you so much for that valuable advice. Now, you, you're going to, you're offering us some stuff that we can put on the website as well, haven't you? 
Yeah, I'll wing over. I'll give it a bit of thought and some mm. practical stuff. It's not highfalutin and difficult. Mm-hmm. It'll be just a few tips to get you pausing. I'll send over the pause to ponder thing and the pause button, how to do that. And a few steps to think about how to teach your children respect and empathy and kindness and better ways to resolve a conflict. Mm. If you're a parent or a carer of a child at Dogsthorpe Infant School, you will know what I'm going to tell you right now, But because all you have to do is look at the messages that Mrs. Walter sends out twice a week, because she always finishes with some three things. She always says at the end of every message, be kind, be respectful, and dream, believe, and shine. And that's a message that maybe the parents should listen to as much as the children. Because if, as Sue so rightly says, if we're kind and we show respect, we're halfway there to getting the conflict resolved. Absolutely, Dave. I really couldn't agree more. And what lovely messaging every twice a week to get that. Mm -hmm. And if you get nothing from this podcast, just think about yourself, how you model it, because your kids are watching you all the time. Mm. Sue, thank you for your time today. Uh, we look forward to receiving that. Go on to the website. Keep an eye on our, our school website. And we'll, as soon as we get things from Sue, we'll make sure it's on the website. And it'll be on social media as well. Plus all the links to Sue's fabulous book club. Have a look at Sue's book club. Have a look at her website. She's got so many wonderful people who've been on this launch pad. Thanks to Sue. Sue, thank you for your time today. Oh, have a great week. Take care. Thank you, everyone. Captain Dave and Eddie will be back again soon with another launchpad. They'll have more great guests, more places to see, and more interesting things to share on the learning journey. So, be kind, be respectful, and always remember to dream, believe, and shine. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster. This delightful Cavalier King Charles Spaniel offers hugs, paw shakes and high fives to help children of every age to dream, believe and shine.